Hey, we're guys. On. We're live. Monday night show. Welcome back to everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Sorry we're six minutes late. We were just uh, discussing some topics which will which will come out into the show very shortly. Just a few passionate pleas on, on certain topics, should we call it. But um, good evening, gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. Tiggs, welcome. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Sorry about last week. Um, and thank you for the love, Michael and um, Anthony and, and the like. You, um, good to be missed. Yeah, no, I'm excited to have the show. We had a Got a lot of talk about with the review of the season. There's positives, there's a few negatives, but I reckon there's a lot more positives personally. And I've got a few trades. Some of the stuff I sort of mentioned um, is starting to come out. So I've got a bit of trade um, goss as well towards the end of the show. And, and I'm all locking more of a concrete. I reckon next week or the week after, I'll come in with a few doozies from what I've been doing. <laughs> doozies. Doozies. Oh, no, no. It's it's not I've just heard. I've just heard. I'm just. Um, obviously, the GWS with Hopper, Taranto and stuff is come, coming out. Um, but there's a few other ones. Um, the McGrath, I want to talk a bit about that. I want to, I know a few retirements I've heard really strong mail on that I think are going to happen. Um, and I've got a few re-signing newses that I've heard. Newses, is that a word? Anyway, no, it's not, but we'll, we'll run with it. That's okay. You're making as much sense as Tom Brown, so keep going. Oh, oh you bastard. That's it. I'm off to show. <laughs> See? <laughs> Uh, Nijo, welcome back to you, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, very well. It's uh, it's actually good to come off a game, uh, off a weekend where we didn't play, and I'm not angry. So, yeah, the anger probably subsided for a lot of us with that week off. It could have, uh, yeah, been real bad had we had one that following week. But um, apologies first and foremost if I cough and sound a bit off. I've been crook since uh, Monday last week, but I'll do my best to push through. So thank you to everyone for tuning in as well. Much appreciated. Hope you all had an enjoyable uh, week off. We've got uh, Damien saying stop harassing Dwayne Russell on the radio, Tiggs. Yeah. Can't help it, mate. I'm driving to a well. I've got to correct it. Fly the flag. But he agreed with me. Look, I reckon my calls are common sense. So um, before we get stuck into it, I do want to read out a message from CB, and we don't often have read-out messages or serious messages and whatnot, but I will read it, so I'm going to have my phone in front of me. Uh, CB has unfortunately decided to step away from the show for maybe forever, maybe a little while. It's kind of going to be up to his discretion, but he sent me a text to read this out on his behalf. Hi, all. I'd first like to thank Michaels for inviting me onto the show a few years ago. It's been a wonderful experience, but as of now, I find I just can't stand the game in its current state. I find it hard to watch and understand. And the respect I have for you, the viewers, and what makes the show great, in brackets, the passion, I just can't do it right now. I'd rather not do it than dial in. I will still support the show and the Tigers, but from a little afar. As for the rest of the comp and the game at the national level, what it has become under the current admin, I will no longer invest time or energy into. It has jumped the shark. So thank you all for your support over the years. Keep it going. It's a wonderful show, and we love you all. Captain Blood 17 signing off. So, look, he hasn't put a line through it all together. Uh, I do have to call and speak to him about that. I've, I've been sick and busy, but CB knows he's welcome back on uh, at any time. So, CB, you do what you've got to do, and hopefully you, you find the love for the game again soon. Totally get the angle uh, you're coming from with the, the state of the game, which I'm sure uh, the three of us will touch on in due course over the yeah, the next hour or so. Um, BSCB, yeah, you know, we're always here for you and more than welcome to um, to jump back on at any time. Um, so, yeah, so I would I would read that out before we got stuck into it. So You'll be back by finals. You watch by finals. <laughs> yeah. We make the finals, you'll buy in and it'll be all fucking bloodbath. <laughs> Look, I love, how he, I love how he gave you acknowledgement and just fucked me 
No, I'm but you know, twenty seventy one, you're the brother of another mother. No, only kidding, CB. You know, you got to do what makes you happy, brother. So we're always here for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So make sure we show some love for CB in the chat. I'm sure we'll be watching at some stage. Uh, you can even sledge him as well as you want, whatever takes your fancy. Um, but yeah, before we get stuck into it, make sure you do like the the feed you're watching or share it, retweet it, whatever you've got to do just to help us um, get in the faces of all the Richmond folk out there. As Tig said, we will do a bit of a, a mid-season review, the good, bad and the ugly, I suppose, boys. It's It's been a bit of a, a mixed bag to the start of the season, Tigs. What have you made of the season thus far like i've kept this pretty open just to get you know gauge your guys thoughts and opinions uh we can ask questions and answer questions and, and get on with it well it's been it's been oh how can i say it this way it's like getting served your favorite dinner this is the first half of the season for me i'm taking the umpire completely away from it but it's like getting served your favorite whatever your favorite meal is and it's warm it's not hot it's fucking warm and that's how i sort of see that you know it's a good meal there's good bits in it, but one biggest thing for me, I don't think in any game we've hit our straps for a full four quarters. So we haven't played a full four quarters the whole entire beginning of the season. So I found that this this half frustrating. There's been a lot of good things which we'll highlight. There's been some negative things which we'll highlight as well. But I still think we've got plenty in the tack to really, if we can nail out um, a few of the things that we'll sort of highlight tonight. Um, we've shown, we've proven it, we've proven it all for the 10 or so weeks that um, if we get those little things wrong, we're going to go straight up to, we'll probably finish top four, considering how our end of our draw is and the amount of wins we should get if we continue doing what we're doing now, but, you know, fix some areas we need to address. So overall happy. We had we were smashed with injuries, but, um, yeah, sort of happy like you got a kiss from your auntie, you know, that you haven't seen for two years, you know. <laughs> happy she's here, but, you know, hey, what's on the TV? What? So we've got to improve. What would you grade it in the you know the old school A B C type method? What would you grade yeah, okay. it? Okay, um, I would say it's a B minus. B minus. Yeah, no, fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, EJ, what's your take been on the season thus far? Oh, I'm probably a C minus, um, but I think we've only got ourselves to blame. Uh, we really should be two or three games better off and be in the four or on the cusp of the four. And we do have a pretty reasonable um, draw coming home. These next three weeks are massive for us. If we can knock the next three weeks off, I think we're in a really, really good position. But if we miss the top four, if we play well in the second half of the season and we miss the top four, it's our fault. And that is the frustrating thing because, like... Tiggs was saying um, it's it's almost there. It's but it you can see all the pieces there. If you're going to take a meal analogy um, and say not about the temperature, but it's like you've got all the ingredients and you've kind of made the recipe, but you haven't followed it a hundred percent. So just a few tweaks here and there, a little bit of extra salt, maybe a bit of a dollop of tomato sauce for that sweetness. And the extra tank, um, we are that close to actually going going well. And but but it also does hinge on a couple of people um, keeping the band aids on them and keeping them together and in one piece for the second half of the season. It's fair enough. So it was, it was C plus, was it? 
No, C minus. C minus. C minus. Yeah, I'm, 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 we've really let a couple of big opportunities slip. So, and I'd, I'd like to hear from our viewers as well what your grading would be. Uh, you know, in, in the old school sort of ABC format, I kind of think yeah, a C plus to a B is where it's at. The the killers for me are those. Was it four thirty point leads that we've blown? Yeah, that's should be 16 points in the bag right there. Um, and a lot of those against teams that are above us, which potentially, you know, jumps hop, hops us above them into a, a much more nicer looking spot on the ladder than uh, sitting 10th. But and if you add that, be 10, that means we'd have been on 10 wins. All right, let's say, let's be conservative. There's three games that we really pissed the beds in, right, that we should have won. There was, even, even statistically, um, we should have won the game. And what killed us was 50 metres and goals scored. So, um, you know, I picked the... The, the, the first game of the year, you know, nine fifties. They got we kept their forward line to one goal, but they called they they got six goals from forward 50, um, fifty meter kicks, fifty meter free kicks. So um, we'd be on nine wins. It's a completely different com- complexion with the injuries Absolutely. we've had. That sort of shows me. Yeah, we clean up a few things. We you know, if we stop giving away fifties for the rest of the year and we become a better side, you know, with the stuff EJ is going to talk about. We automatically become a top four side. That's how I see it. That's how dramatic yeah. change will be. It's just, it's, is it a, like the, the four losses though, 30 points, that it shouldn't happen. It's been happening late in games, EJ. Is it a mental thing uh, to fall into that same trap? Is it, is it just more credit due to the opposition? Because I mean, I, I know people can argue that we're sitting on the same kind of ratio that we were in 2017, and we know how that turned out, and that's great. Yeah. But, yeah, we could have been well and truly cemented into the top four had we won the games and converted the ones we were, we were winning. It's not like we were close and should have won. We were smashing them and couldn't finish. Yeah. Oh, look, I think uh, it's. I think like and I saw Nick's comment, and I know we're going to talk about it a bit. I think discipline is a major issue. We have let other teams back into games with poor discipline. And also, they seem to be able to get on runs and we are not able to stop the runs. We Since 2017, we haven't really had periods where teams have just gone on four, five, six-goal runs and it just seems to be happening on a regular basis. And I think that has a lot to do with um, uh, early, at certain stages, uh, players not being 100% match fit, uh, players coming back off injury, missing key cogs like Lambert and Preston and things like that. There's a lot of reasons, but at the root of it all, is I think is discipline. And is that meant? Is that mentally being soft and not on edge? Maybe there are some other factors that I've written down which suggest that maybe we are five percent off. And Tiggs, who have been some of your more likable performers for us over this first half of the year in terms of individual player efforts? Can I talk about um, a couple a couple of um, statistical points about the team as overall, and then I'll, yeah. we can lead into the individuals. All right, everyone, everyone on this chat and get chat involved. You would all think Colton's having a great year. Where are they at the moment? They're fourth on the ladder, or whatever they are. So everyone reckons Colton's had a really good year, and you would think, like, looking at it, Colton's won more quarters than Richmond. No, but, but would you think, based on where they are on the ladder? That they all, if we don't, let's not put Carlton, let's pick Geelong. Yeah. Do you reckon Geelong's one more quarters than Richmond, particularly no. with the home court? No. So, this is a bit of the facts, right? Richmond, first quarters, 
This is quarter by quarter performance, right? So first quarter, 64%. But we're always – we're a good starting team now, but we're not the best best at it. 82% second quarter team, 73% three-quarter team, but our last quarters is 45%. That last quarter is killing us. So even though um, – and we'll, we'll look we'll, – we'll pick the same – we'll pick um, Carlton here. 64 first quarter, 64 second, 27 third, 45 fourth. Um, if we go Fremantle, 68, 45, 55, and then they come home strong at 73. So what I see in our, in our side is that our KPIs are top four. Even even Damon Hartwick said it. Our KPIs as a side, you know, from four-and-a-half turnover, scoring efficiency inside 50, the ability in kickings we lead the league, which used to be Achilles' heel for us. So, so it's the evolution of our game plan, transitioning from defensive 50 to forward half. We've become a lot more offensive in our defence, if that makes any sense. We're number one in the league. Defending the turnover were atrocious at the start of the year. We've really improved on that to a top four level. But, um, but again, then we break down at that last quarter, and there's obviously a lot of major issues into that with the discipline, as you mentioned, EJ. Um, the ability, what's killing us at the moment is the amount of 50s our defence is conceding. That's the biggest thing for me. Our defenders concede, on average, 30% more free kicks than any other defensive line in the league. Period. Hounds down. Now, is it all because they're ill-disciplined? That's a debate for another day. But that's the reality. Is the umpires umpiring our defensive 50, so the opposition forward line, a lot more proactive to ping our guys, um, not or not give our guys the benefit of the doubt. So... Individuals, um, for me, that are standout, Gibkus, Baker, clearly stand out to me, um, those two in particular. If I say a top three, um, I'll put the third person in because I'm so so happy that he's in the side and he's playing consistent football now and he's only going to get better for me is Prestia. As soon as he came back in the side, we started winning again. And our losses were a lot more, even though we've had some disappointing losses, he's, he's, we need him. We need him firing for the rest of the year. But... Top, my top three would be those three boys. EJ, what about you from an, an individual standpoint who's uh, really sort of taking your fancy for the first half of the year? Who, who have you been impressed with? And same for everyone else in the chat. Feel free to drop some names in there who you really loved watching this first half of the year. I'm certainly not going to mention give this name again because I think every time I come on, I wax on about him. No, that's um, all right. He's given us reason to. It's, it's all fair play. And I still can't believe he hasn't been nominated. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um Look, Rioli is having some year. Uh, I don't think at the start of the year, if, if you had said that uh, Rioli would be putting up uh, the metres game that he has, <clears throat> he's easily in our top five on averages. Um, he's he's in our effective disposals top fives. He's, he has been fantastic. Um, what's his name? The... Basher, Basher leaving doesn't mean a thing. I think, you know, Rioli is more effective. Um, Shea is having a great season. Shea's having a great season. And although there's an area which I really get frustrated with him, Nan Curvis has been superb. And we certainly looked a lot better when Vlossen came back in. So in addition to the players that um, that Tiggs mentioned, they'd be the other ones. And, and did you say Tom Lynch? No, I didn't. But he's yeah, also, also until he got injured, Tom Winch is superb. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't disagree with any of those names. Uh, and the other name that's coming up in the chat is Jaden Short. Obviously, his yeah, move right. to, the, to the middle has been had a profound impact on the side. Um, not that he was struggling down back. He wasn't. We just needed to find another dimension ourselves in the middle with uh, someone who can find the ball and also work hard defensively. And, and Short has given us that while still keeping his metres gained through the roof. So I don't think we've really lost much there, especially with how good Rioli is playing, to your point, EJ. Um, but yeah, having lost and Brody, just that solid looking back line kind of allows Short to play that role and Baker as well. So Baker's, yeah, had a, another sensational start to the year. I think he has to settle down back now, fellas. I don't think, I don't think we can mess around too much more putting him forward unless it's one of those games where you've got to just try something really, uh, random to, to get something going your way. But yeah, he's, he's had a super year and Nick, I agree with this wholeheartedly pick it. The games yeah. he played at the start, when I mean, we were probably firing a bit below par, he was by far and away our best player yeah. um, and kept us in games, won us games. He did the lot. So, yeah, the the more games he plays for us, the, the better he kept looking. And it sounds like he's not 100% for this weekend. Um, with, with Pickett, it, we go back, okay, I want to talk about good discipline now. We, we, we are a bad side for discipline, but good discipline, our two wingers, um, K-Mac and Pickett really keep the shape and keep their position. They keep their width. Our structure is so much better when they're both playing. Yeah, I agree with and, that. And just on Jaden Short, yeah, he's been superb. Number one AFL for kicks, number one AFL for metres gained. Still. Mm. Like that's, that's yeah, credit to him for adapting like that. So, yeah. um, And I completely agree about the structure of our wings as well. Um they're almost underrated. McIntosh probably in particular, the drop he does and, and how well he holds the shape of the ground and, and how much ground he covers to defend switches and, you know, quick transfers of ball movement and things like that. I know uh, it's, I know it's a, an overused phrase, but if I was putting magnets on the board, they would be close to the first ones that I'd put on because we look so much better when they are the wingers. Yeah. Yeah, and as much as, you know, love Jack Ross and he's improved the last few weeks, he's not the answer on the wing when those two guys aren't available. Ralph Smith might be the answer. He, he could be a potential answer, Ralph Smith. Um, but yeah, yeah. we look 100% better with uh, K-Mac and, and Pickett on the wing. It was funny. I had a, I had a chat with um, a good mate of mine that works in footy. And, uh, you know, and we were talking, I, I said to him, I was going on about the umpires and our discipline as well. And he goes, you know, he goes, Mick, you're probably 50% right. He said, but the reason you guys are getting scored against, and he said, he said, you're actually handling a lot better than the new most clubs. We see we've got David Teague in our list, right? Coaching group. He's teaching the boys a different method of how to move the ball, right? That's how he got brought on to offensive ball movement. Our offensive ball movement is transitioning from where? Which line does most of our attacks come from? So back up. Yeah. Yeah. So what generally when teams in, change their game plan or go a next level up on their game plan, there's always a transitional period and it's always the first half of the year. And it, my ears perked up when hearing it was telling me, Michael, it's, it's how you guys are transitioning the ball from defensive to forward line. You, it's working. That's why you're persisting with it because you're scoring a lot more. You're actually, you're actually um, breaking other defences down. Your, your ill discipline is a layer of that, which is hurting you particularly on where those free kicks are being paid. It always seems to be in your back half. But he said once you get the pattern right 
and it becomes instinctual, you watch you guys concede a lot less scores. And and, and it's, it's sort of been proved on that because our scores against has reduced, even though we've even had a bit of runs, like even with Sydney. The scores against, we were getting blown out. Um, now it's tending to reduce. And Dimmer mentioned this week that they spent all by working on their back end um, in relation to, you know, transitioning the ball from defence to forward line to minimise that part of our part of our game. So I'm pretty bullish. It, I'm pretty bullish. Even it really bodes well for us, particularly for next year, once we get this hammered out. Um, it gets me pretty excited, particularly with the personnel that we have and the personnel that obviously we might lose, but opportunities that that brings. But, yeah, for me, my second, other than the free kicks, my second glaring hope is that we fix our transition from the back to the forward line because that's how we're getting caught out. There's so often that the midfield's left open because a player's learning where he should be going is not there. Um, uh, and, yeah, that's not been unrichman-like. Our guys have been – they knew, you know, you always kick to the right or the left pocket deep, then you do another extended kick, and then you move it into the – that's how we've always done it for four years. Um, they're trying to change a bit of difference in how we transition a forward. It's off turnover, by the way. It's not off set plays. It's off turnover. So when the ball's intercepted in our back half, how to transition the ball out, we're doing it a bit differently now. A lot more direct, and it's getting exposed at the back end. We look good though when we get it moving forward oh, like that. But yeah, it's right, just working right. at the defensive mechanism to make sure that we don't get hurt the other way. But exactly, you can see you can see it's getting better. It's just stopping that bloody run of goals. Yeah. Now, EJ, the discipline, right. or the lack lack thereof. It. Where, where did you want to go with this one? Just some of the for and against for some of our key players for free kicks. Um, so what Tig said before is exactly right. We give away professional free kicks, no doubt, but we also give away stupid free kicks and we don't probably get what we, what we deserve fully. We're probably only 20 or 30 free kicks away from being in the bottom rungs of getting our fair share, but that's part that. Shea Bolton. Free kick differential, minus 14. Six free kicks for, 20 free kicks against. Now, some of those are the 50-metre penalties, and they're completely avoidable, right? Playing on after the whistle is blown, we've had two 50 metres or three 50 metres against him in the last four weeks. He had the decision go against him, and he places the ball on the ground and then stands up for mark. You have to give the ball back. That That is a free kick that we can control. That's a 50 metres that we can control through our behaviour. That's not on the umpires. That's not on anyone but us. That's our fault. Lynch, we know he doesn't get a fair go. 12 free kicks for, 20 free kicks against. Again, he gets frustrated, gives away dumb free kicks. Now, Curvis, I don't mind this one, but it's a lot of free kicks against. 19 for, 33 against. The next worst in our team is 20. Nank is 33 against. That's just too undisciplined. That's too many. Um, Marlon, 6-4, 14 against, and he's only played half the games. 14 free kicks in half the amount of games to some other people. We just... Grimes has been guilty of giving away the free kick that co- we say has cost us games in, you know, in the last few minutes. It's been and crucial just, moments, hasn't it? They're just dumb free kicks. They are completely 
they're not, oh, my tackle slipped high. They're just blatant dumb acts. And if we can cut those stupid free kicks out, we'll be miles better off. So the for and against, yes, it's bad, but at the top end, you look at who it is, and I can point out situations for every player. It's just avoidable dumb shit. And it is pissing me off. And I suppose the beauty of it, uh, EJ, if there is such a thing, is that, like you said, it's something that we have full control over. So they can stop doing that at any given moment, and then we stop gifting yep. three, four, five goals, whatever it is, a game. And it's yep. not necessarily, you know, the one or two, three goals a game we give. It's the momentum that then leads to and the dropping of the heads from our players, and it kind of just all compounds, and then it turns into a 30-point turnaround all of a sudden. So it's it's the timing of them. It's, you know, you don't mind flying the flag, doing it in the right instances, uh, but you're right, there's, there's a lot that we can control or that the players can control um, that are going to, yeah, substantially make a huge difference. Yeah. What's particularly hurt us too is where those dumb acts occurred. I think I've never seen a season where we consistently do those dumb acts attacking side for the opposition. So they're either at advantage um, so they can get a really deep inside 50 or it's inside the 50 metre line. Um, and they generally convert from it or get into a scoring change from it. There were so many times I've looked, all right, you watch that free kick when I've tweeted during the game as I do. As soon as that free kick's given away, they're going to score a goal because that's the, it's opened up the whole play. And it's yeah, we've got to we've got to seriously fix that up. But the improvement I see, the positive out of that, if we do fix that up, uh, we're going to be a frightful side. People, we're, we're going on really about on how other teams are scoring against us. There's not much about how many run-ons we're getting against sides now. You know, we can kick four or five goal bursts and not do it just once, but do it multiple times during the game. Um, and our defense, when it's not being when it's not being stupid, when we have our proper defensive line, which does not include Tarrant, in my opinion, which is, you know, your 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 Gibkus, your Boltar is are both in the same back line together, you know, with Grimes and the like, is pretty good. Now, the one game it's a loss, and it was a bad loss because we didn't have a midfield in, um, was against Melbourne. If you watch that game again and just watch our defensive mechanisms in play, people say, oh, yeah, Melbourne missed a heap of um, goals that game. Yeah, they did. And why? Because of the defensive intent. Yeah, we particularly by the back. Yeah, we spread them wide. We we closed space. Each player knew where to run to, to force because we were losing the midfield battle. We got absolutely smashed. And the ball was getting – like, it's basically we said to the best team in the competition – for this year, right? Come at us. We're not going to play midfield. Just come at us and try to score as much as you can. And we they were only on 33 points. I think it was towards close towards half time before they had to, the damn wall broke a bit and then we repaired it. So if we can keep that defensive line together, Bolter comes back in this week. Gibkus will grow another leg. Tarrant, mate, after the Sydney game, I'm sorry, Tarrant, play the VFL till you learn the system, son. Because you're a 200 game defender, and no 200 game defender goes to punch a ball who could easily mark it, but then misses the ball, and the ball goes behind him, and then they score a goal. And you do that in the last quarter. That was about right? So I had to talk about that. I wasn't on last week's show. That fucking still bothers me. That for me is a mental lapse in concentration from a veteran. Nah, won't have it. So hopefully he gets in the VFL and he stays in the VFL. Till he he knows and understands how our midfield moves the ball and how our backlines um, think. So, well, I, I'm very bullish, mate. Our forward lines in sync. 
with the opportunities we get, the data backs that up. Our backline can minimise scores when it's working well. Um, when it's together, the full complements together. Just keep them healthy, and I reckon we'll be top four. I'm really bullish on it, really bullish on the, it. The concern for me is that I think Lynch is potentially missing this week again, which no, he, uh, is. he is missing this week. Yep, yep. So he that's... Confirm that. He's confirmed, so that hurts. Um, and then the I importance of... I think it's a benefit. They're not going to. You're talking about Lynch missing, yeah. That's yeah. a that's a that's a benefit, mate. And they're going they've got to have to understand well, how that's like we caught Sydney a bit off guard. All right, we played stupid with Rewald, but if we learn from the Sydney game, and yeah, go, it's okay, only it's only going to be beneficial if we can work it to our advantage. But the way we we play favors teams who've got you know good intercept defenders to to chop it off, but. And the other one is the importance of Kane Lambert can't be understated yeah. as well. So I'm not sure how many more games he might miss. Uh, he's playing. He's a good chance for this week. He's a good chance. So the, the buy yeah. probably came at a, a pretty good time for him to freshen yeah. up because he and Prestia and Vlosten, like you gentlemen have mentioned, um, they are absolutely vital. But uh, getting Bolter back this week is definitely going to be a, a big plus, which we can, we'll talk about during the Port game. But it's going to be interesting to see the lineup mixture. Obviously, Gibkiss did a little small stint down forward in the Swans game, then you've got Bolter back in the side. So is there flex to swing one of them up there at different stages? I reckon, I reckon Soldo, just plonk him on the goal square. He's going to be our cox for the game. Like, so if you want to go that deep high ball, we've got Soldo there and just make sure when the ball does go in high, we've got the crummers on. Uh, um, I hope Noah Cumberland gets a game. I know he was a medical sub. I wasn't, did a VFL have a bye? They normally mirror the senior side or did they play? Oh, I'm, I'm not too honest. sure. I hope he gets I hope he gets a game. I hope we really we need him, get him and Morris Rioli. George, two handballs, sorry, son. Hopefully he gets dropped. So Noah comes in. Um, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, we look, we've got the tools to do it. Like I don't want us to change. I don't want us to put Bolter forward. Um, I want us to go, okay, it's the new start of the new year. The season's Finished. This is the new season. We're one. We're basically one game behind everybody else. Let's start catching it, um, and and play that way. So keep our back line as it is, and just makes you forward. Look, the port defenders aren't great. Put someone on Ali Ali. Put a tag on him. Um, Houston's a spud. Um, who else have they got? They've got a lot of potatoes at port in their back half. A lot of potatoes. They have. They've got potatoes. They've got good – I reckon a, a pretty good forward line, good half forwards, good hybrid midfielders, but, yeah, they've got potatoes in that back line. Did we have any – because we may just keep rolling into the Port game. Was there anything else anyone needed to add on the review? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yep. All right, we'll do that mm -hmm. first. All right, so we're, we're, I reckon we're in an okay position. We're, We've never been a strong clearance side, but at the moment for the season, we're 16th. If we can get that up to 12th, 10th in the comp with our turnover game added onto it, we'll be fine. And we have come from sort of – we add Lambert and Prestia back in and that will improve. We're second for quarters one, we're second for points scored. So the attack's not the issue, right? Along with discipline – Tackles. Tackles. We need to increase the number and the ferocity of our efforts when it comes to tackles. We are poor. We are number 17 in the league for tackles per game. All right? 
I'm going to read out our top five players for tackles by average. Graham, 4.5. Nank, 4.3. Your Ruckman's your second highest average tackler. Come on. Lambert, 3. And he's only played a handful of games. Prestia, 2.9. Same thing. And 2.8 for the fifth-ranked player whose name I can't bloody read with a written. It might even be Dusty. All right? That is, if you add up the averages for those five players, that equates to 17.5 tackles for the side, for the game, on average. All right? Who are the teams that we aspire to be? Give me a name of a team. Richmond of Richmond of 2020, 2019. No, no, no. Of, 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 of the, of the That's your Melbourne. 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 Yeah. 5.5, 4.6, 4.3, 3.6, 3.3. They're 22.3 tackles out of their top five. That's five better. That's the worst of the other teams that I've written down. What's, right? what's Fremantle out of interest? Very good. Six, 5.7, 4.8, 4.74. We've got two players averaging four tackles a game or more, and their top five all do, right? Now, here's a side for you. I want to, I want to read this side out, particularly. 6.1, 5.4, 4.7, 4.3, for a total of your top five players of 24.8 tackles a game versus our 17.5 per game. Who do you think that is? I'm going to say it's Carlton. I was going to say Port. No. Sorry? You're going to say Port Adelaide. No. Top 18? No. Which, which, which side's been smashed by the media? Oh, uh, Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Sure. No. No. West Coast. West Coast. That's really? West Coast top five tackling numbers. They are putting us to shame. We, we, we keep talking about how we used to be a good hunting side. Our numbers aren't backing it up. Our pressure points are okay. We need to hunt. Yeah, they, they don't have to put you a lot, though. Okay, Brisbane, 5.8, 5.5, 4.9. Yeah, it doesn't matter what way you cut it up. Our numbers are shit-ass compared to everyone else's on any level. Yeah, yep. St. Kilda. St. Kilda are the benchmark at the moment, right? They are hunting. Their, their top five come up to 26.3. That's nine tackles out of their top five players per game on average more. We need to hunt hard harder for longer i feel That's like as well that the, the the tackle stat averages would have been well down on the first half of the year i know i don't know if it was the sydney game or the one before <laughs> but one of the games recently we had 72 tackles which was yeah. a lot high in recent times i think ever since when I mean, we've said it on the show okay since so Rome imagine Junior, what the averages have been like without that game <laughs> Yeah. I know, well, I know. So it, it, the trend started started to change a little bit in the last few weeks since Rioli Jr. and Stack played their game um, together. But the start of the year was appalling. We were struggling to get over thirty tackles a game. Yeah. And what what um, what sort of dilutes that stat? That's why tackle counts. It's noticeable. It's important. But it, uh, they don't include broken tackles, and they don't include tackles that have caused a free kick. Right, so if I tackle you correctly and knock you to the ground, the ball spills, and the umpire goes, "Oh, Richmond, yeah, no, I think you your pubic hair accidentally brushed the top of his chin, um, free kick against that tackle's not included, right?" And Richmond gets pinged, tackle after tackle. So I give him a bit of latitude for that. For me, it's post clearance. That's my that's my stat, right? That tells me if we're healthy or not. Um, if any any of the listeners don't understand what post clearance means, is yeah, we don't get win the ball. 
at centre clearance, but we win the next ball back. Yeah, it's a, it's we're, a second position. Yeah. Yeah, we're winning. We're winning. Uh, we're getting back to our premiership level again. It was really poor the first four or five weeks we didn't have a midfield, but every week it's still we're getting back up, back up, back up, back up. Um, and mm-hmm. I think I didn't check it this for this show, but last week um, before the Sydney game was still top four. Um, I think top three in that stat. So, and that's no, no, um, and so that's really pleasing. And that's for me, that for me is our um, one wood, is the ability to create that turnover at the back half or that, you know, if the ball's, I was getting towards our 50 and then launching an attack. Our, what's killed us though is before we launch that attack and be able to be safe behind the ball, our behind the ball coverage has been poor. But hopefully we've, you know, it's the new, new transition of movement. We get better at that as, as obviously we've done a lot of training on it. We get better at it again with personnel. We we start to um, yeah really improve. Yeah, like Nick is right. The West, the the Bulldogs game, we we smashed them. Yeah, there it is again. Right, Nick's right. And when it comes to us in our greater years, when it came to finals, because we we would not win contested ball or whatever, or the tackling stats, and it came to finals, and we would elevate those parts of the game. I'm not saying we have to be number one in the league for that stat, but where we are right now is just damning. And it might be building. Mid-table would be more than helpful. That's all we need because if you have that as a um, mid-table measure and then you are top of the table for your post-clearance work, well, then you're you're done. You're set. Spot on. you, You just can't be that poor at that. It's just, yeah, there just needs to be an incremental increase to complement yeah. the rest of the game. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right, before we get stuck into the, the Port Adelaide game, I think we do need to officially welcome Jacob Bauer to the club who we took in the, the mid-season yeah. draft, a key forward, uh, 24. Surely he wears 24. For those yeah. who got a TV reference, go and watch the TV series 24. Very good. Um, but I think there was a lot of people watching that draft very nervously, uh, anticipating a halfback or a small, right. as per the traditional uh, Richmond pickings. But a big forward, um, Tiggs, it's it's one we've been crying out for. He, I don't know whether he'll play straight away, but he's I think he's on a 16-18 month contract, which is a good sign for him and us. But he, he definitely feels the need short term and long term. Yeah, look, he's he's he's. Couple of things with him, what I like about him, the couple of traits that I really like. People don't are underestimating grossly how long a kick this boy is. Right? You see him kick, there was a couple on his highlight package, and they can be deceptive, but um, he can kick the ball. He you look at one of his kicks he did at 60 meters and he's pulling the kick when he did it. And it was a drop punt. So this guy can roost the football, but accurately. What I like about him though, his biggest trait that I'm so excited about. Outside of his marking, he's a one-clunk marker. He's old school. He reminds me of, of if Caddy was taller, if because Caddy's marking was completely underrated, right? If Caddy was taller, actually, you know who he reminds me of? That's what my mate said. And who here remembers Aaron Edwards? Yeah. Remember yeah. Aaron Edwards? Yeah. He's a taller, more mobile version of Aaron Edwards and hopefully gets more possession of the ball. He plays like a half-forward. When he's in the sink, he will dodge, weave, he's agile, but he's a great mark like Aaron Edwards was, and Aaron Edwards never missed. You know, generally, if he was in front, the ball okay. always went the straight line. But the best part I love about him, this is what the best part. And I, Tommy, if you're watching, please look at this guy when he's trading beside you. He plays in front of his defender. It's just a natural trade he has. Doesn't play behind him. Doesn't play to the side of his defender. He plays in front, always in front, because he knows he will get to the highest point 
And then the only way the defender can get over him is most likely an arm chock or a free kick. And he knows he's not in jail with that. His weakness, why he didn't get drafted, was he's slow at the first um, 10 steps, right? The first 10 steps, he's, I'm not saying slow, slow, but defenders can get it on him. That's why he plays forward of them. So he's learnt to read the play before them. So I'm really bullish about this kid. He's got a good frame on him. He's got a game. I'll see him. His ideal playing rate with us would be in the, you know, kilos would be you know high 80s, low 90s or mid 90s. He'll get to that size. He's got that sort of frame. But, yeah, he's a, he's a great mark, great kick, um, and he plays in front. What I liked about him, EJ, uh, was probably on the mental side of things that he was prepared to up and move to South Australia to do this, to get himself yeah. on an AFL list. So he knew that he had to make a, a you know a big change in his life and a risky one at that. There's no guarantees in life with footy, um, but he, he made that decision to go and it's now paid off for him. Yeah, and it shows you there, there's a lot of people that are coasting through their football career that have the talent and don't really work. Well, they work, but you know they don't. They're not that extra five percent. And if you've got someone willing to go to the efforts and the links to get to where they are. Um, that's why a lot of, you know, dour defender types make good coaches because they've worked and scrapped for everything that they've ever, ever got. Yeah. And his first interview with the club, um, you know, it really sounds like he's just going to take this opportunity. If he doesn't make it, it won't through, it won't be through his lack of effort. Also a special shout out to the Richmond uh, social media team for their... Oh. Um, I was going to do the same thing. That was some of the best work through uh, their 24-hour pace. Very, very good. But how was the how was the responses from some salty fucking, I don't know if it's West Coast or whatever, or if it was 24 hours, it would mean it'd be 1 o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? They've done, they started the clock at the wrong time. And no, it was quality. It was quality. It, uh, it also adds a bit more you know, excitement to the VFL team as well. We've gone from not having a real key target to having Bauer and uh, – or. Matea, I'm going to say, is it Matea? Colina? Matea. Yeah, so we're going to have two big bodies down there, maybe not necessarily at the same time, um, but that's going to help out Samson Ryan. You know what I well. like about the kid too? Character. He's in front of his coach and his teammates. He's just come off the plane and they're having dinner and they ask him, what team do you support? And he said, look, I still support Sydney. Which is realistic. You don't jump off. He's just got – he's playing in Swans Colours just a couple of days before. He's just come to the club. A weaker character say, oh, I'm a Richmond man because he's with Richmond. No, he just says how he feels. That, for me, shows he's got integrity. He's, After he's the just beat us too. Fair play to him. <laughs> I reckon once he, once he puts the – yeah, but once he puts that jumper on and gets handed by a legend, let's say Matty Richo or someone gives him his jumper and he, and he kicks his first Richmond goal, then he become a Tiger. That's oh, I don't mind the answer whatsoever. I'll no, rather I the answer. Yeah, I'm completely fine with that. Anyone who thinks the players who rock up support the club straight away is – in, you know, I've got a unicorn I can sell you. Uh, yeah, he, he he's a good looking prospect. So all the best to uh, to young Jacob, and we'll be watching the VFL with keen interest. All right, we've got Port Adelaide this week, gents. Uh, a huge game in the context of the season, as we spoke about earlier. So we're we're four points outside the eight, but we've got the game in hand. We've also got percentage on eighth spot. So a win here would see us jump back in, but. Um, Thursday night, fellas, at the G in what's going to be bitterly cold conditions, EJ. Can't ask for anything better, can we? Um, yes, we can ask for a lot better. <laughs> 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 oh, look, I, 
as I said before, this next three weeks really is our season. I mean, we are now playing the teams that are around or just above us. Um, you know, Porter just below us, Carlton and Geelong are just above us. Uh, then we get the free swing for percentage against West Coast after that at, over here. So, you know, this let's not undersell this. This is a, it is a massive game. Huge mm, game. Where's it going to be won and lost, Tiggs? What do we have to do to get our mojo back? The buy can be a little bit of a funny one coming off the buy. Sort of, thankfully, they're coming off it too, so we're all both in the same boat. But yeah. how do we hit the ground running? Well, look, the thing with them, their midfield, they're starting to get it back, they're spread for the midfield um, from the first possession, but they still haven't improved the ability to defend a run on and also their backline leaks. Um, yeah, I see us, where we can get on top is our counter attack. They don't, I don't know, they've got injuries throughout the side, they're playing hurt, but their ability to cover the crown and defend wears off during games. That's why they get scored against. And similar to us, funny enough, at the last quarters, they tend to bleed. Um, so if we can keep if we can keep pace on this game, if we can keep the pace and keep the ball moving, keep it picking around, um, we'll beat them quite comfortably. But it is, you know, that old proverbial eight point game. This is it because if we can get, it's like EJ said, if we get this kicks the pies out of the um, out of the eight, which is you know a shocking result, but hey, you know at least the Tigers are in. Um, and then um, and then we go and then we <laughs> and you watch the Twitter hate. I'll cop, mate. I'll cop it here. Um, especially TT, he'll fucking give it to me. And then um, and then we play West Coast for another buffering percentage, which is another win, which will get us into the, you know, hopefully get up to Sydney's level and jump over the top of them. So, um, yeah, no, it's big, big, big four weeks, lads, big four weeks. I'm up for it. Yeah, I, I don't share Tiggs's, um assessment of uh, – the Port Adelaide back line as being a bunch of spuds. I actually think oh, it's them, good. Them good the rest of potatoes. We've got, I'll, read, I'll read them out for you, EJ. We've got Tom Jonas, Tom Cleary, Aliyah Aliyah, Ryan Burton, Dan Houston, and the All-Australian over Nick Loston, Darcy Byrne-Jones. Yeah. So yeah. Houston, I, I, reckon, I reckon it's a pretty solid back line. But Houston what I do, and Aliyah Aliyah, good. The rest of potatoes. No, I disagree. But, but this is where I, I think that maybe um, – an advantage for us is it is quite it's quite a, a big backline, you know. Cleary and Jonas, they're they're lumbery sort of types, right? And if Lynch is out, we're probably going to be a lot more mobile and yeah. a bit more agile. And I think that is where forward, if we play it smart, by not, you know, bomb bomb bomb, if we either hit it up or even if we play dirty ball. That then I think that turns in our favour. So I, I certainly don't think they're spuds, not at all. But I think we do have the opportunity to set up an advantage in the forward half by playing small ball. What Can scares ask- me with that, EJ, though, is the way we play, we're more probable to play into their hands because of the constant bombing in that we do. And they're going to pick, maybe not necessarily market if it's shit conditions, but we're not going to give ourselves half a chance if we don't play those lower the eye passes. Um, Aliyah's going to have a field day. I, I think I think that Port have got a good um, contested midfield, but I don't think they've got a very dynamic midfield. And I think that that's where we can, uh, as Tiggs was saying, if we can create speed on the ball and the entries are faster, right, there's not much they can do about it. Quick entry is the best entry. Like not the, Not the bombing quick, but if we're moving forward at speed, you know, like we've actually developed some pretty good chains over the last couple of months 
someone wanted me to cheer up, here's some cheer up, right? We've actually made some really good movement through, right? And when we do that and cut the middle middle up, the defence hasn't got the time to get set. And then being the smaller, more agile forward line, I think we can really hurt them. Got a question for you, um, both you boys, and then I'll give my thoughts. Uh, Castagna, see, my opinion, this is an ideal for his aerial game if we're going small to actually you know, be a good weapon for us. But does that outweigh his benefit to the side? And I'm talking about immediate form. This is not a slag on him as a bloke or as an overall player. This is you basing it in on four. Is, do we ignore the Sydney game or do we throw – and it's been – the Sydney game was the end point of probably two, three weeks, probably one good game. And I rate him pretty highly. That's why I'm saying one good game, not two and a half uh, to his normal standards. Where do you see him? Do you see him deserving of a spot? Jason Castagna is the K-Mac of the forward line, all right? He he mightn't look effective and all that sort of stuff, but and and it's hard to watch him try and pick up a ball sometimes because I've, I called him hands of stone for years. Um, and he sometimes turns and just runs the opposite way do you think he's going to run and you're thinking, mate, everything's set up, what are you doing? But his structure and his chase and all that sort of stuff. I know that you can't have everyone getting no stats, but I believe that setup wise he allows other he lets other players do what they do. The the question is though, is there someone else who can do those same pressure acts but also find the ball and kick a goal? Because two disposals in a game is isolated maybe um, but are you better off having a Hugo Rubsmith who's got some wheels down there or a Cumberland who can who can apply maybe similar pressure, even Stacky applied pressure, but are we robbing ourselves a little bit by being one forward short when it comes? Like no one's getting made up on him offensively because he's not hurting he's not hurting anyone on the scoreboard. Like I know he's worked up the ground, he, he works his ass off, absolute workhorse, but there needs to come a point. Same as with uh, Higgins and Butler, there has to come a point where You've got to be damaging on the scoreboard as well, and or just impactful possessions. Like Rioli Jr. doesn't get it twenty times, but the eight times he gets it, something happens, yeah. and yeah. He, he he's dangerous. Even well, Justin Clark—that's another good call. He, he could well, come in and do something similar too. What they need to do is they need to train someone in the VFL specifically for that position if they want to replace him. It's a, because, it's a definitely it's not a traditional small role. It's definitely a specialised. Yeah. It's a disciplined. Area. It's a disciplined role that he plays that uh, I agree like he's been he's had, he's had a lot of poor games but structurally he does what he's supposed to do so if they've been playing someone if they've been t- remember when Caddy went back to the VFL and learned a role and came back if they've got someone learning the role I'm happy for him to be replaced if that next person is ready Man, so that's a good call. He did it in the VFL. I watched the other week. Yeah. There you go. And okay. You well, my, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, stole my thunder. yeah, stole my thunder a bit, right? See, the thing is, it's so a great, great thing on Mansell. What I was really pleased on the Sydney game, we found our Lambert replacement. Do you know who our Lambert replacement was? It's masterful coaching. It literally, we played like Lambert was in the side, the quality of football we played for 75% of the game. They've now got Jack Graham is now the Lambert replacement, the way that he played. He basically played the Lambert role. Defensive, high forward, mid, but he, he going forward, like Grant Lambert, and he kicked two goals from it. 
his tackle pressure was high, his ability to release the ball so he transitioned up and also clamped down defensive acts is brilliant. So I see an opportunity here. I reckon Castagna needs a break. I think he's done a power work in the in, in the beginning half of the year and he's just dog tired. It's a big first half of the year for him and, he, and his performance is even low for his own standards. I'm sure it's hurting him. You've got Mansell, this kid who deserves football. He plays a defensive role in the back half, but in the forward half, he's a defensive machine. He can be trained. He's got a good tank, knows where to run. And his role is not just to score goals, but to create that defensive intent and pressure. And worry. he's also got a clean pair of hands. But we've got Mansell as an option. But what I think really hope we do, Clark or Cumberland, either of those two boys. Sometimes when you pick your six, you know, you pick your forward line, the first thing should be what weapons do they have? Because if you're scoring goals, do you reckon the defender's going to run off and do his own thing? No, he will man you. So that also implies a different form of pressure, which can just be effective as running to space to block space, right? When, obviously, that's what Kestagna's doing because he's been out of form and getting no other possessions. He's just running up to block leading lanes, which is great. But that's what he's doing. But if I'm kicking four goals... And it's three-quarter time. Do you reckon you sit someone on me? So that's why I really think it's now come to a time. Um, get Mansell in. If we don't, if we don't want to go, if we want to go offensive, not defensive in the forward line, if you feel that's what we need more of, then please put Cumberland or Clark in, one of those two kids. Give George a spell. Don't even play him in the VFL. Give him a rest. Just let him freshen up. Yeah, there's options. Look, but, you know, we can sit here and say that. We all know he's going to be one of the first few, few picked and he'll be playing on Thursday night. But I just think output needs to differ. Like, I get the defensive stuff. I've been a huge fan of his defensive work, but we need to find balance at some point to weaponise scoring more goals. And, and like you said, Tiggs, if, you, if you've got someone else who's dangerous up there, it helps take the attention off Lynch and Rewalt, which, um, you know, causes a few more issues for opposition. But... We'll see how we go. All right, we'll talk about some uh, some matchups quickly, or, or who you think might get these matchups. More importantly, uh, Todd. Well, I suppose their forward line. We'll go Charlie Dixon. EJ is Noel Bolter feels the obvious choice. I know. I know we want Gibkist to have a crack, but I think he's just too big of a man, isn't he? Yeah, if Bolter plays, um, he's got to got to go to Dixon. That just makes sense. Already, you know. You get you think back to the um, the prelim and stuff like that. He was a mess. Um, it's the right matchup, and you and know then, that he'll frustrate Dixon too. Yeah, he will. He will. And, and does that and mean make him accountable? Uh, would you also then be equally as comfortable for Gibkiss to play on Todd Marshall as the second? Oh, yes. Every day oh, of the week. Every day of the week. Every day of the week. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yes. Yes, please. Please. Yes, please. All right, Diggs. What about the uh, the midfield battle? You've got Ollie Wines, Travis Boak, Motlov, Butters, Rosie. Ollie uh, Lee, the matchup for Ollie Lee, please. Okay. Who, who who's gonna who's gonna safeguard Ollie Lee because he is a very I've dangerous. I've thought about player. this. I've thought about this hard, long and hard, particularly with Bolter. And you know who I'll put on there on the lead? Gibkes. Couple of reasons. He's playing on a good defender, right? So he's going to learn a bit out of Ilya, an intercepted defender. He's got him for height. He's got him for speed. He's got him for aerial, knowing in going the mark. And I actually think Gipkus is a beautiful kick at goal. He's a beautiful field kick. He's um, he's also team first because that's what his defensive traits. It will be a nice change up for him. 
it would be a good – we, we taught him with Buddy, right? You saw how Buddy Buddy plays. Now to be our turn to say, okay, you're on You're on early. Play a defensive forward role at him. But go the for only downside with that is that would probably then mean that Tarrant stays in to play well, as the other defensive post down back. Well, because look, you're... outside – but outside of – outside of, um, outside of uh, Dicko – um, they've got one other tool other than that. They're fairly medium height. Yeah, so but actually, you've got a medium that plays tall. Georgiatis plays pretty tall. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Look, that's just an idea. I would love. Uh, yeah, I'd put bring in. Yeah, bring in Miller, but I would put Gibkus. I'd put Gibkus on early. I just see them. Their, their traits are very similar. Beat, I want you to beat a lead. Be a defender in our forward line. We want you to bring the ball to ground at every opportunity. We want you to spoil a lead. Man, I reckon it could work. Well, he proved he could play forward last week, or the week before, sorry. So it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they go with. It, I think the weather is going to play a part too with uh, who potentially comes in and out. <clears throat> but uh, midfield wise, I'll get we'll get both of your guys' thoughts. So yeah, like I said before, you got Boke, Wines, Motlop, uh, Butters, Rosie, all you know, some of those young kids. EJ pretty fleet footed. So we have got Dusty, Koch, Prestia. Edwards is Nave. back into a bit of form. Uh, Graham, Shea Bolton. So how do we get on top of this midfield battle? And is there any in particular head-to-head matchups you're looking forward to? I don't think we have to get on top. I just think we have to sort of break even, roughly. Um, uh, and and they're, a, they're a reasonably strong side. Uh, I think Nick put some comments before that specifically for our older guys, uh, Koch and Edwards, et cetera, they're going a bit where our older guys will probably get more benefit out of the break than a Rosie or something like that. We have got, you know, uh, Presser and Koch particularly, a couple of banged up old bodies. For them to come in off this game fresh is going to be really important. Um, oh, we don't generally tag, so it's just a matter of, I think it's a matter of the right centre mixes, and I think that um, I'd like to see Shea attend a high number of centre bounces in this game. I think his movement and his hands and his agility could, uh, because they've got you know a lot of one batters like Boke and Wines or whatever. They're they're tough and they're solid, but they're not fleet of foot. So, I've Shorty seen, and Bolton need to just run rings around people in there. Yeah, I mean, how good have we looked when we've burst out the front stoppages? And that has yeah, been, exactly all, right. that, yeah. So, yeah, we can we can burn them <clears throat> if we can basically 50-50 possession. I think our wins will be more effective than their wins. Yeah, like for no. me. For me, there's three points in the midfield. First of all, Dusty. People going, oh, he's playing okay, but he's flat. The reason is, I know this is gospel too, he's been doing a mini pre-season while playing, right? Getting conditioned ready to the after the buy round. So get ready to see the Dusty go. I reckon he's going to have a 30. If he plays mids, he'll have a 28-plus game, kick three goals. Watch it. That's my prediction. <coughs> but with Port mid, <coughs> Port's dangerous in two areas. If we allow... Wines to go forward. We need to put a defensive mid on Wines. So I would put someone like a 
because he is not that fast. I'd put someone like a like a short on him. He's not going to get him for strength. But what he will do is if the, if he can contest the ball and spills it, he'll get him on the outside and race the ball the other way, and he can go with him. Um, and also force Wines to man him up, which would be the main thing. Else, you know, he could become a really offensive weapon if we need to. Um, and the Boak's the other one. He's their workhorse. You kill off Boak, you kill off that midfield. So I would put um, on Boak someone like a Martin. I would try to free up or pressure on Boak. I would try to keep Shy Bolts, and I agree with you, play him in the guts. I reckon play Dusty as much as in the guts as we can and move him forward when we need to. But try to free up our creative mids um, so they don't get tagged. Force potatoes like Motlop and others to go with them. Because one thing with Motlop and Gray, they're not accountable players. They play their own game. So, um, yeah, Butters is yeah, Butters too. We just got to be really careful with Butters too, mate. They're free kicks. He always flops. People talk about minivan at Collingwood. Butters is the worst. He gets away with it all the time. Um, maybe because he plays interstate and it's not really reflected here. But, um, yeah, Butters is the other one. He can be very creative. But we get on top, he goes to water. So it's going to be a cracking game. And with that, we'll get some predictions quickly, including margin. Feel free to drop your predictions in the chat as well, EJ. Um, I actually feel pretty good about this game. I think Tigers by about 27 points. Take that, Tiggs. Look, it's raining. Um, so for me, because of the weather, depending on how it rains, rains, um, about 30, 36, 37, our way. I'll say Tigers by 21. And can I just say how dumb it is to play a Richmond yeah. versus Port game on a Thursday night where it was already going to draw a lowish crowd, let alone when it's pissing down rain. Yeah. It's just mind-boggling. Anyway, yeah. oh, that's another discussion for another time. But Tiggs, before we wrap up, mate, what little tidbits or teasers can you drop uh, yeah. for us, as we will try and do a specific trade show in the near future. Yeah, it, it, give me give me two, three weeks at most, lads um, and ladies. <laughs> what? What did I say? No, to, uh, to Jaster down the bottom. Should be closed. Richmond boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got a few. Yeah, so give me about three weeks. I've, I've got a few things that I'm working on. I just want to make sure I get okays. I know the names and I know I want to make sure I get the okay before I lead on. But a couple of our players asked, I asked a few questions. From what I'm getting, uh, funny enough, North Melbourne, believe it or not, is really sniffing at Jake Ask and Ross. Believe it or not, they're sniffing pretty hard at him. And I reckon that's going to happen. I don't think Jake Ask is going to get re-signed. And I think Ross needs more opportunity. And look, a lot of these lower clubs will try to take our players for the IP and culture, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I reckon Ross... Uh, I'm... I'm, I'm Sydney Sack, it's a big off-season. It's a big last half of the year for him. He's um, – I've heard a few reports that, you know, anyone that oh, – fuck it, I'll say it. I've heard he knows he's on really – it could go either way. So he's becoming a little bit more aggressive, particularly against the younger kids in his own side. From what I've heard, I, I, I asked that. I had one of, um, someone tell me this. So I did a bigger bit of digging, and it's now he's being a lot more urgent with his footy. He's not being abusive. It's not our culture to do that, but like telling other players off. But he's being a lot more urgent with the football. He knows he's got a big, he's got a big, you know, eight nine weeks ahead of him. Um, we're open to re-sign him and keep him if he can show. But I think it's personal opinion. I think another club will grab him. I think we'll just say, you know. Uh, I'm worried it might become another stingle, but we'll see. Um, he's got talent for days. I'll, I'll he's go got talent for days. 
it's just a work rate component that real concern. He fades if he fades work rate consistently within games can get really, really bad. But he's trying. Now, this is the thing, he's he's definitely having a crack. So if that's enough to if that's enough to save him, I hope so. You know, because I I've got plenty of time, particularly with Shane Edwards gonna retire, I reckon, this year from what I heard. You know, he's got the ability to step in a Shane Edwards role. You know, I'm not saying it's like Shane Edwards, but if you know what I mean, he's got that a bit the creative X factor. Can do the mercurial, um, can play mid. So it's got a long way to go to get to Shane Edwards level. But um, yeah, it's funny. Um, I'm, I've 100% heard this. Jack Rewalt will play again. Um, 100%. That's, he'll go year on year till he's, they decide he won't or he decides he doesn't want to play. But what I've heard all reports is that he'll play. I've got a really strong, strong mate, super strong. Riley Caller Dawkins will be at GWS or Sydney next year. You can lock that in. Lock it in. I, I was bullish for many years last year. I sort of said the Sydney mail. Um, but you know, they sort of smoothed it over. But yeah, I reckon he's going to Sydney. That he's going north. He's going north. That could be Sydney, Queensland. But yeah, he won't be he won't be at Richmond. I heard um, that. Did you did you say that arts in North Melbourne? North, yeah, arts north. Oh, well, I'll, I'll I'll pay for the Uber myself. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Arts, I've heard they're really um, – yeah, obviously they're not going to get broad, – Broad's not going anywhere. Broad's not oh. going anywhere. I did yes. do a prediction about a favourite son, right? So that still get, might actually happen, and it will all make sense when it happens. I'll let you guys know. I don't want to break the name. I don't want people fucking crying and if it doesn't happen. if it doesn't. Well, a lot of people thought that was Broad. It wasn't Broad, no. It's a favourite son. Think about it. It's right in front of your fucking eyes. So I, I, I missed that. What did you say? I said, at the beginning of the year, I said it, it's really likely a favourite son might leave the club. But it's not broad, folks. So broad it's not is broad. Uh, good stuff. It's not broad. Interesting. It's not Bolton. It hasn't hit me in the face yet, so I'm it's still... It's a favourite son. Yes, yes. Someone got it. Someone got it. Someone got it. Zero. Yeah, fuck it. Rioli. I heard it was Rioli. Very early on. Um, yeah, it was reality. That's what I heard. Am I saying he's going? No. Do we want to keep him? Yes, but I heard it. Particularly with Morris in. But no, Rioli, um, he's been come hard at by a couple of clubs. So, um, yeah, I um, also heard the Crows have gone out to him pretty, pretty um, aggressively as well. So, we'll see. Um, you know, Taranto won't happen with Richmond. Hopper might. Fingers fucking crossed. They've got that squeeze. We want to pull green. But if we can't pull green, we are going to get a mid this year in this trade. That's why we went forward. We went forward this um, – we always go for needs in the pre you know, the mid-season, and then we trade for talent. Got a really strong mail, mate. We're getting, we're getting a mid. We're definitely getting a mid um, this trade period. And I've got a feeling who it might be, which I relate. Yes, we, I want – I want – Jay, I want um, Randa as well, but Hopper's not, not a pile of shit either. Um, and yeah, but I'm, I'm feeling Hopper's. I've heard Hopper's name a lot, um, but yeah, it's going to be. Um, uh, yeah, we'll see. I can't give. I can't give more than that. Yes, yeah, so a broad won't go anything. Martin. Yeah, the thing about Martin, I've already addressed that. That's all fucking wives' tales and plastic boobs. Oh yeah, with the change in Manning Lucas, got nothing to do with it. Um, from what I heard this, I heard this beginning of the year that a favourite Adam Rioli's name was called and everything's come up to it. Um, 
has led me in. You know, he's parked his contract. Now, I think we'll keep him. Hopefully, we'll keep him, but I don't know if it's love talking. But um, there is a, it's a good chance. Just get conditional. There's a chance we might lose him. Well, you can't blame clubs for coming after him on the, based on the form line. So it'd be crazy not to ask the question. <laughs> oh, sentiment, sentimental, not really, mate. That's that's sorry. I don't ever want to disrespect a disrespect a, a person on our chat, but that's really a crock of horseshit. Um, we, have, I mean that respectfully. We, I, we, who have we lost that we've put a lot of time in? Don't go CCJ and Chol, right? That's bullshit. Markov, you can make a case where he was going to get delisted. We gave him another year and he kicked on. Who else have we lost that is this person we put a lot of development to? We don't. We generally keep who we want to keep. We always have. It's just um, that's why Rioli would be a bit of a shock. Um, we, lost, we lost Ben Lennon. Oh, yeah, he was. Corey Ellis. I love, I love Ben Lennon. I loved him. When we got him, I said, you know what? He had all the makings for a good player, Ben Lennon. He did. He did. He did. His field kicking was elite in traffic. But he was just so fucking slow. Slow of mind as well as yeah, slow of body. Yeah, he had that one second delay. You know, VFL, you can get away with it. He's got Ross's problem. It's like listening to the radio and the footy. Yeah. All right, well, we'll sit on that for a couple of weeks and we'll uh, we'll reconvene oh, so. a bit more and can uh, and can share a bit more. So there you go. Did you see that from Nick? Can I, can I address yeah, that? Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Nick. I'm, I'm with you. That's what I'm hoping, right? But the thing is, is that we're, we're, with Broad, we've got obviously Rioli, we've got a few players that we're looking at. Um, I, how can I say? It's going to make sense in three weeks. But anyway, we're targeting a pretty elite player. If that comes through, we're going to lose someone. Right? I'm not saying it's Rioli, but we're going to lose someone. Um, Rioli was funny. It was like a side note because I heard that, I heard that late last year. Um, and then, yeah, a couple of my mates in the industry are saying, yeah, we've heard his name, we've heard his name, and that's how I sort of know. There's something there. But, yeah, if we get this elite player, right, there's going to be dominoes will fall, and we, we won't lose ball. We won't lose our core culture players. We won't. And for me, I consider Rioli one of those. But, you know, you've got Adelaide Crows. They're going to come offering 500 grand, 600 grand a season. You know, would he stay for that? It's going to be a big ask. We've had players, just to answer um, what's his face, let's get back to Central Sentimental bloke. Um, we've had players stay at our club for considerably less. Works both ways, I guess. Uh, Danny, to answer your question, have your trades ever been true? The short answer is yes. We'll, you can, we can recap <laughs> this in, uh, another, in another show. Thank um, you, Danny. It was a gun. And Brandon Ellis is probably the other one that was a good one that we lost. But anyway, thank you for that, Tiggs. Thank you for your time, son, EJ. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Much appreciated. We will catch up again very soon. No doubt, and uh, hopefully Thursday night's a win for the Tigers. Um, Thursday night, MCG, Port Adelaide might not make it there. I'm not sure they know where the change rooms are at the MCG against us, but um, hopefully they'll uh, they'll be there. Should be a, a good game, an absolute desperate must-win game. Um, good luck to everyone who is going to be out there. I'm still sick, so I won't be, but uh, should be a cracker. Can I ask everyone just to follow us on Twitter, like actually follow? The reason why that's important, funny enough, the way the algorithm works, when we do a tweet, it will link... Uh, you know, I say one of your followers will see it and I actually see anything coming through the big footy tiger cast. So I'm not, you know, follow me or follow Michaels or, or EJ, whoever it is. But please, when you finish right this show, hop on Twitter and just click follow. It, yep. That's all it takes. It'll get more exposure for the show, um, which it can only be a good thing. And also, Dan, make sure, mate, you're listening three weeks. But if it's earlier than three weeks, I'll let you know, mate. I want you to sit down and get your notepad out and write every single thing I say and we'll see how we go. 
Very good. Very good. Thank you so much. And subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you you find us. And uh, we will speak to you all next week. So until next time, go Tigers. All the best. Thank you, mother, for the rabbits.